Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It's your boy, Icy Robots, here once again for the Toys R Us Report podcast, episode number four. I don't know what week it's going to be, the second week of October, I guess you would say. I don't know what dates that is or what it encompasses, but it will be the second week of October. I got a little story. This was it made me laugh. I don't know if it's really funny or not, but I was walking my dog through the park. I walk her twice a day. She's really she gets edgy. She's an Australian cattle dog, and she gets really edgy if you don't walk her a lot. And I don't mind. It's good exercise. I was taking her for her afternoon walk. We were going through the park near my house, and there was a kid in a full-on football uniform. I'm thinking like a junior high-level kid maybe or a freshman in high school, but he was in a white and blue uniform, which interestingly enough, I don't think that's even the color of any teams around here that I can think of. Our local high school is green and white. Another one around here is uh, orange and black. That was the one I went to. So I don't know of any blue and white team. Anyhow, he was wearing blue and white and he was doing football drills in the park. And it's hot here. It's hot again. It's back up into the mid 80s with a very bright sun, not any kind of weather you want to be doing football drills. But irregardless, he was doing football drills in the park with an old lady standing next to him with a whistle. I don't use the term old lady loosely. I'm really easy about age. This lady was in her late 80s, a very old, very thin lady. She had a whistle, and she was blowing the whistle after every set of some kind of, he would hit the ground, roll a little bit, get back up, roll again back to the other space, get up and do it back and forth. And he was doing these and she would blow the whistle every time. Boop, boop, boop. And I'm watching this thinking, that's weird. I wonder who this lady is. Who is this coach? And finally, kid got up and he went, Grandma, I can't do anymore. Grandma, please let me stop. And she just cold blew the whistle right in his face. Boop. And he went right back to doing drills. I could not believe this was really happening. I was trying really hard not to laugh as I went by with my dog. Just one of those things you don't you don't expect to see. Grandma coach. Maybe she was a coach from back in the day and she's using her skills now to help her grandson. Maybe she's like a coach for hire that you bring in to help your son get some extra dis- discipline. Who even knows? Who even cares? It was really funny. It was funny to me. I had a good time. I, I had to try really hard not to laugh out loud at kid. I don't even know if he would have heard me if I did. The whistle was really loud. He's wearing a helmet. I'm sure his heart was pumping in his ears because he was was working hard. More power to the kid. Maybe he'll make it. Maybe he'll make his high school team and start. This week here on the show, we're going to have probably more stupid stories like that. I'm going to give you a brief review of Maze Runner. We went and saw Maze Runner last uh, Saturday. I think it was Saturday. I'll let you know what I thought of that. It's not bad. I I enjoyed it. We'll have the Toys R Us report, like always. Some other surprises thrown in here and there. It hasn't been the most eventful week. I'm probably going to fill in the gaps with silly stories. Here's one. We have a mirror in my house, and the mirror drives me crazy. I have always been of the opinion that it makes me look whiter than I really am. I'm 40. I'm an average 40-year-old. I'm not as thin as I used to be. I've got a bit of a gut. I'm not obese. I just look like I don't work out obsessively. I'm fine. I would say I'm average, maybe a little heavier than average, but no way am I rotund. But this mirror makes me look gigantic. I look like a refrigerator with a head. 
That's an exaggeration. It's slight. It's slight enough to make you feel weird about it. And it's weird being a guy and feeling weird about my weight. I don't like it. I can imagine being a woman having weight issues is bad, but I think that having weight issues as a dude is just as bad. We we all have the same images of beauty in our culture. For every Christy Turlington or uh, Adriana Lima out there, there is a Zac Efron or one of these other string bean heartthrobs. It gets to us too, ladies. Don't think it doesn't. But we were out at a thrift store, and I walked by a mirror, and I saw myself. And I looked normal. And I said, Maritza, that's my wife's name. I said, is that what I look like? And she said, yeah, that's pretty much what you look like. And I asked her, what about the mirror at home? And she said, oh, that mirror is terrible. We should take that down. It drives me crazy. I feel so fat when I look in that mirror. One has to wonder why we didn't take it down. I think that I might actually take it down because it has filled me full of the weirdest feelings ever. It, it's weird to feel bad about how you look. It's not, it's not cool. And I know that there are a lot of overweight toy fans out there like myself. So consider, maybe you're average and maybe it's just your mirror. Look into it. Go and look into other mirrors and see what you look like. That's my recommendation for... Self-awareness, beauty awareness for the day. I know that this has absolutely nothing to do with toys. And believe me, I will get to toys soon enough. But this is just something I wanted to share with you guys. I wanted to share it with you in case, hey, you know, you feel a little weird about how you look. It might not be you. It might be what you're looking into. You are listening to the Toys R Us report. So if you don't know, now you know. And knowing is half the battle. robots. Me and the family took in another flick this week. It was called Maze Runner. I'm sure you are at least a little familiar with it. I think it was actually the, the number one movie this week. It's one of those based on a young adult novel kind of things. It's similar in a lot of ways to Hunger Games in that they have a lot of children who are all put together in a life-threatening kind of situation. In this case, all the kids are stuck in a maze. They're stuck in the center of the maze, and every day the maze changes so they can't find their way out. 
They don't know why they're there or anything. The movie's okay. It's very violent. It's very violent for what would be considered a somewhat teenage family movie. There is a lot of killing. It's okay. It's not gory. It's not blood and guts. But there is a lot of scary action. So if you have younger kids or sensitive kids, this might not be the right movie for you. A teenager, though, I think is really going to love it. When we went to see the show, the theater was packed. It was just absolutely jammed, packed with teenagers. And seeing movies with teenagers is not a great experience. They're loud. They flash their phones. The kids are opening their phones all during the movie. You see little patches of light everywhere. I get distracted easy. So anytime I see one, I I look. And they talk. It was a drag in that sense. Considering it is a teen film, I... I didn't get too upset about it. I was in their environment. It wasn't like they were coming to see There Will Be Blood and were talking all through the thing. I was going to see Maze Runner. I probably shouldn't have been there if I can't deal with what was going on. I don't want to give away too much of the movie because the main focus is the mystery. The mystery of why are they in the maze. I will say this, though. They give away a lot more information than I had expected. I thought that in the first film you would find out nothing. You would be forced into seeing the other movies before finding out the secret behind the maze. But by the end of it, you have quite a lot of answers. I was really surprised. I thought I was going to have to see Maze Runner 2 and Maze Runner 3 before I would find out why these poor kids were trapped in there. That was not the case at all. I left knowing more than I wanted to know. I left fully fulfilled... So I don't think that I would even bother to see Maze Runner 2 or 3. My daughter might want to go. She liked it quite a bit. I can see us going for that reason. But as far as the mystery behind the maze and the need to see what's going on, it's just not there. They give you everything. I thought the movie was good and I had a good time. If you're in the position where you have a teenage child or somebody around that age and you want to take them somewhere, this isn't a bad choice. There's action, there's monsters, there's death, there's fighting, there's a whole Lord of the Flies element. It's okay. You will definitely have a good time. If it's you and your wife, and you're trying to find something, this might not be the right movie, but for a little family action, I would recommend Maze Runner. Go see it. Have a good time. Take your family, eat some popcorn, throw some M&Ms in there, drink a soda. You'll have a good time. Icy Robots Guaranteed. And now, the Retro Toy Roundup. An incredible secret is revealed. When innocent-looking vehicles and ordinary men become an awesome fighting team, it's the secret of mask, where illusion is the ultimate weapon. Piranha's getting away with the laser blueprints. Condors. Mask vehicles in place and each sold separately with action figures. I'll let them off the river. <laughs> but Gator's ready, and he never gives up. Come on, you're through. Mask, where illusion is the ultimate weapon. I was super into Mask. Mask, or the Mobile Armored Strike Command, was an action figure line released by Kenner. In 1985, it continued on until 1988. They released four series of figures in total. The first three focused on crime fighting. For the fourth, they got into a sort of race car driver gimmick that I wasn't into. 
I don't even remember that happening. I might have been over mask by that point. It's hard to say. The gimmick with mask was that each dude had a vehicle and the vehicle would transform into either a different type of vehicle. For example, the Condor was a motorcycle, but it would also transform into a helicopter, a combat helicopter. So either they would change into something totally different or in some situations, a more weaponized version of the same vehicle. Like it would be a car where guns would pop out and it would have armored capabilities. Each dude also had a mask. The action figures were smaller than G.I. Joe or Star Wars guys. They were three inches tall or thereabouts. So they had the cutest little plastic masks that would go over the top of their little heads. And each mask would have a different power. For example, team leader Matt Tracker had something called the Spectrum Mask, which would shoot a sonic beam. Or my favorite dude, Bruce Sato, the driver of the Condor, had the Lifter Mask, which gave him anti-gravity powers. He could like lift dudes up in the air and swing them back and forth or slam them headfirst into the ground, even though I don't think that he ever did anything that heavy-duty with it. it. He would just probably lift guys up and shake them around and scare them, you know, that, that kind of thing. The mask playset that I wanted most and never got was Boulder Hill, the team's headquarters. The guys chilled at a gas station in the Nevada desert that also transformed into a combat-ready headquarters. There was a boulder on the top that you could launch down on your foes that had some sort of a turret underneath. The front part of the garage where you would park the vehicle slid over into a more armored version of itself and the front of the store, the convenience store, I guess, that was attached to the gas station slid down again into a armored front that was more angular so you could fire out of these little slits or whatever. You could probably pick Boulder Hill up on eBay for $50 if you looked around and got yourself a bargain, but I don't want to pay that. If I saw it out in the wild at a toy show or a flea market, I think that I would pop for that much. I just, I'm into the thrill of the hunt, and eBay is awesome. I love eBay, but it does take the thrill of the hunt out. Mask things sell well on eBay. If they have the mask, you can get... 8 to $10 for the action figure. Without the mask, you're looking at a lot less, maybe 2 or $3. The masks have a lot of value. They were so small, I imagine that everybody lost all of them. I don't have the biggest mask collection. I think the only vehicle that I have is the Condor. I do have 15 to 20 of the people, but I think maybe 5 or 6 of them have masks. The masks are hard to come by. In the wild, I very seldom stumble across them. Every once in a while, you'll find one at the bottom of a random box of toys, in which case I'll always pop for them. I've gotten them for as low as 25 cents. People don't know what they are, I suppose. The only mask figures that I've ever bought on eBay was T-Bob. He's the cowardly robot that every show of this sort had. He would hang out with Matt Tracker's adopted son, Scott, and get into all sorts of lame mischief. I wanted him... I don't even know why. I saw him one day and I got into a little bit of a bidding war. I think I ended up paying around 15 or $20, which I will never do. So I was really surprised that I flipped that much for T-Bob. I think I liked him because all the mask guys are different details to their face and their body, but they're basically the same. Two arms, two legs, a torso, and a head. T-Bob is a neat little robot. I have a thing for robots. I'm not the biggest robot collector you're ever going to bump into, and I don't really go for typical robots like 50s, hokey robots, that kind of deal. 
I will pick up a robot from time to time, and I do have a good amount of various robot things around, so you could say that I am a robot collector. Mask also had a cartoon. What great toy line of the 80s didn't have a cartoon? The cartoon focused on Matt Tracker and his team fighting Miles Mayhem, the evil guy, and his team, Venom, the vicious evil network of Mayhem. Mayhem had a purple helicopter that would turn into a jet. It was kind of neat. My brother had it. He got sick of it quick, so I got it. It That happened a lot. He would get toys and get sick of them, and I would end up with them. It could be, in reality, he would get toys and being the younger brother. What I mean is he was the younger brother, and through osmosis, I would take them from him. That does seem like a more likely scenario. I wasn't a bully, but we all know that older brothers do take advantage of their younger brothers in a lot of way, mostly by taking their cool things from them. Did I say osmosis? I think I actually said osmosis. So that makes three osmosises so far. Mask aired from 1985 through 1986 for a grand total of 75 episodes. That's crazy. I don't know what shows outside of soap operas or maybe like Sports Center, which I think airs 75 times a day, has that many episodes in a one-year span. I guess they weren't the highest quality. We all know that the animation from the 80s wasn't really anything to cry home about or whatever the saying is. I don't have a great recollection of Mask. Years before YouTube existed, I think, I went on eBay and ordered what I thought were Mask DVDs. It turns out that Mask wasn't available on DVD at the time, so somebody was selling copies that they had on VHS tape and burned onto VCD. They were terrible quality. The person's cable was atrocious. I wasn't able to get through more than one before I tossed them aside somewhere. I saw them the other day. They were in the back. They had fallen back behind my shelf of normal DVDs. They're blank except for somebody had written M1 and M2 to separate the discs from each other. You know, this is disc one, M1. This is disc two, M2. I should try to watch those again. Over the years, I've grown a little more tolerant of watching shaky images on TV or whatever. Let's take a look on Wikipedia here and we'll read a couple of these episodes to see what the show might have been like. Let's grab one here at random. Episode 3, Book of Power. Venom steals an ancient book which holds the secrets of a mythological city of riches. Here's number 2, The Star Chariot. Venom steals a mystical arrowhead rumored to point the way to an alien spacecraft buried in the desert. That has aliens and Indian arrowheads, and the other one has secret cities. This is kind of some X-Files stuff. This might be kind of good. Let's see. Here's another one. Episode 6, Dinosaur Boy. Venom abducts a strange lizard creature whose antibodies prolong human life. Episode 7, The Ultimate Weapon. Venom obtains a device that jams the control system of masks' vehicles, rendering them immobile. Hmm. That one's not really that X-Files-y. That's a little... Not as fun. Let's see what else we have on here. The Rotex, episode 8. Venom steals a swarm of metal-eating bugs secretly developed by the military. There's a lot of fringe science. I suppose that the whole thing with the transforming vehicles would make this all kind of fringe science-y in the first place. Episode 15, The Spirit of Rajim. Venom steals a mystical scepter from an Indian city whose inhabitants hold the masked team hostage until its return. Mm, I guess that has a, a mystical scepter. That's kind of cool. How about the next episode, The Golden Goddess? 
Venom steals golden relics from ancient temples in Singapore, liquefying the gold and smuggling it by pumping it secretly through a pipeline. That's not cool. Those are like some ancient relics that are important to them. The whole uh, pipeline idea is pretty neat. I've never heard of gold getting pumped through a pipeline. I don't know who has gold enough that they could pump it <laughs> through a pipeline, maybe through a straw. I got to give it to them for that. They do have enough. Maybe they got one of those giant Buddhas that you always see and they you know, they boiled it down and right out of tube. Good, good for you, Miles Mayhem. That's a good idea. Mask, where illusion is the ultimate weapon. Convert switchblade to jet mode. Surprise, Matt Tracker. It's Mayhem. Battle station. Protect the decoder, Bruce. I'm going up. Stacks ready to fire. Mask, switchblade, Thunderhawk, and Rhino. Fire! Each sold separately with action figure. Cover me, Matt. 10-4. Sato's getting away. But you're not, Mayhem. Mask, switchblade, Thunderhawk, and Rhino. Each sold separately. New from Kenner. Let me tell you my favorite story, my personal story about Mask. One Christmas, I remember asking for a grip load of Mask stuff, but I only got one. I got the jackhammer. It was a 4 by 4 kind of Ford Bronco deal that was driven by this guy with an eye patch and a beanie hat named Cliff Dagger. The gimmick with it was the back of the truck, the part that was a, a covered cab, would pop up and make a turret with a gun that he could sit in and shoot around. It was really neat. Also, there were some little guns in the front. I, I liked it a lot. The day that I got it, I did this on Christmas. It was Christmas morning, and I went out and played with it. I went to the creek. There was a park with a creek near our house, and it was winter time. and it doesn't snow around here, but it does rain a lot. Not lately, but it did rain a lot that time. So I took him down to the creek, and I was playing with him in, near the water. And I'm, I kid you not, it was one or two minutes before... Cliff Dagger just whoop, shot down the creek, right into a tube, never saw him again. I still had the vehicle. It was still perfect, but it just wasn't the same without the dude. I did not enjoy it. We still live near that park, and I'll walk my dog through there. My wife tells me every single time we walk past that creek, I tell her that story. She's like, I've heard this a thousand times. You lost Cliff Dagger down a creek. I can't bring myself to buy another Cliff Dagger I can see how I would want it. I just, I can't seem to do it. I do follow him on Facebook. At some point, somebody named Cliff Dagger asked to be my Facebook friend. Maybe it's my action figure. That's what my wife thinks. He's, he's looking for me. But he asked to be my friend, so I friended him. And ever since, I've been getting these little updates about what he's up to. It's a little weird. I don't think there's anything to it. But it is a little weird, a little suspicious that somebody named Cliff Dagger would want to be my friend. Who who would want to be my friend in the first place? So it's weird if you're as cool as Cliff Dagger and you're a terrorist member of Venom that you would want to uh, friend me. But then you do have a lot of Facebook friends that aren't really your friends or even really people you know when you think about it. All right, I'm going to stop with this. But before I go, I want to talk about the G.I. Joe crossover with Mask. In 2008, Hasbro added Matt Tracker to the G.I. Joe team. It was a convention-exclusive figure. I've seen it a few times at shows. It's not that rare. It was, it's probably fairly common. Any good show you go to is going to have it. It sells for about 25 bucks or thereabouts. It's really cool. He he has a mask and he has the helicopter backpack, which was one of his action figure accessories. So they're staying true to the line. Here is the uh, the file card for Matt Tracker. It goes. Let's see. He's an advanced vehicle specialist, codename Specialist Tracker. 
Specialist Tracker leads a secret unit which develops ordinary-looking vehicles that convert into advanced combat vehicles. Joining forces with the G.I. Joe team, the Mobile Armored Strike Command team battles Venom, the unit Cobra formed to construct its own converting vehicles. Hmm. So I guess Mask merged with G.I. Joe and Venom joined Cobra, which is quite apropos with the Venom and the Cobra thing. Specialist Tracker uses his next-gen technological devices to preserve peace throughout the world and stop the corrupt forces that are using the same technology to amass power in a quest to control the world. And here's the little uh, blurb they put at the bottom. We have a responsibility to use our ingenuity and advancement to help the world and stop the power-hungry despots and criminals who hunger for their own glory. Yeah, you tell him, Matt Tracker. He's a little self-righteous. I guess you do have to kind of try to stay professional during your military interview, but a little, little, uh, little pompous there, Matt Tracker. So thanks for sitting through all that. Uh, I'll be back in a minute with the Toys R Us report. What are you doing this weekend, Charles? Can't wait to see who's at the Toys R Us store. Jeffrey and his family will be waiting at the door. And Jim Kelly, Buffalo Bills quarterback, will be at two Buffalo Toys R Us stores, too. Monday the 12th, Clarence, 4 to 6. Tuesday the 13th, Hamburg, 7 to 9. Charles, your weekend? Just gonna see some friends. Toys R Us. You'll never outgrow us. And now. The Toys R Us report. Man, that's too bad that I don't live in the Buffalo area in the 80s because I would totally go down to the Toys R Us to see Jim Kelly. We never have celebrity appearances at my Toys R Us, not even like having a dude dressed up like Spider-Man. That's okay, though. The Toys R Us report this week begins with the report that the Toys R Us was totally stagnant. There was nothing new of note. Nothing fun that was not there before. My wife did pop on these little Star Trek Day of the Dead action figures by NECA. I think it cost $9.99. He had three or f- three points of articulation. The head could turn side to side and the arms moved back and forth. His container is cool, though. It's shaped. It's circular. And it looks like a transporter inside. And on the top is a little slit so you could drop coins in it. It's cool. You can use it as a bank once you're done with uh, using it as an action figure case if you ever do. I guess it's cool because you get two things for the price of one. You get a transporter bank and you also get a little action figure. And it didn't cost them that much to do it, to put the little slit. I applaud the ingenuity on that. So she bought one of those. I believe it was $9.99. I'm not really too sure. That seems about right. Outside of that, I did not see a lot of new things this week. So we went over to Target. There was some cool stuff at Target. They have a new collector corner end cap. They have pop vinyls. I think that I saw there is an exclusive one with uh, an unmasked Batman. They have some Game of Thrones guys. They had the reaction figures, but they only had Firefly. I tried to get into Firefly, and I do think it was a good show, but I wasn't obsessed with it after the episodes that I saw. It was cool. I enjoyed it, and I don't think it should have been canceled, but I don't have enough of the affinity for the characters to want to pop on a toy for them. I was hoping maybe they would have the Snake Pliskins or the Back to the Future, which I do sort of regret not picking up when I saw them in Sacramento. We also headed to the Target in the other town, the next town over, but they haven't set up their collector area yet. They had some cool stuff, some Marvel Legends. Nobody had the Black Widow. I still haven't found the Rocket Raccoon. I don't really expect that I'm going to. I'm, I'm giving up hope. 
That's okay, though. There will be something else down the line that will get me excited. We also went to Walgreens. I've heard that Walgreens is kind of trying to get into the collector toy market themselves in a, in a way similar to Target, I would imagine. We went to the one Walgreens in my neighborhood. We didn't see anything exciting there. They had a Rocket Raccoon paint-along set. It was one of those little deals where the you get the paints and you have a statue, a little white ceramic statue, and you, I guess it's called ceramics, you know, painting ceramics. They had a Rocket Raccoon, and I believe Iron Man was in the package with them. I saw that Rocket Raccoon bank that I like. Uh, that was about it at the wall at the Walgreens. So while we were in the other town, the next town over at the Target, there's also a Walgreens there. So we stopped in and to see what was up. They had an even smaller toy area, maybe the size of your closet door. If you have like an open shut closet door, not the slidey slidey kind. Very disappointing. I guess it will take time before they really roll out the whole collector thing. From what I understand, they're going to try to work out some exclusives with some other companies and try to try to lure you in there with the promise of maybe finding a limited edition or the chase figure. Even though in my experience, I, I hardly find them. I wonder if you have to get there early. Do you think that maybe they stock at night and then you're supposed to get there first thing in the morning and book in there to see what you get? I usually don't do that. I don't want to get up. It could be that's the case. It could be that's what you do, in which case I'm sort of blowing it. Uh, let me know. Let me know what you think. Is this what you do? Have you done this? Do you work at the Toys R Us or the Walgreens? And do you stock the new things at night so the first come, first serve in the morning gets them? Let me know. I'm really curious. You can reach me at iceberg13 at gmail.com. And that's 13 all in one word. Or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash icrobots. That's probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. I'm there fairly often. I try to post things every day, fun things, different things. Okay, kiddos, after you hit up the Facebook page, don't forget to hop on over to virtualdirtmall.com, which is the awesome, super awesome IC Robots eBay store. I have tons of cool flea market finds, loose action figures, t-shirts, coffee mugs, you name it, I got it. That's not really true, but it's, I think it's what you're supposed to say. You name it, I got it. It's a way to lure you over there. It, check it out if you have a few minutes. I'd really appreciate it. So until next time, this is IC Robots. If you don't know, now you know.